0: This episode of The Huddle is brought to you by The Athletic Club Oakland, my go-to sports bar in the East Bay. Look, this will be a shock to no one. I love watching sports, and I love it even more while at a sports bar, but to be honest, there is a long period of time where I just couldn't find one I actually liked. I'd find a spot that had TVs, but the food sucked ass, or a place that had good food, but they wouldn't show the game I wanted, and the inside felt dark and depressing. It was always some trade-off or sacrifice, and that's finally done now. The ACO is exactly what I'm looking for without sacrifice. They have a huge space, including an outdoor spot where they shut down an entire street and called it the town gardens. They have more than 100 televisions, which can and will show every game you ask for, and they have great food. The ACO has everything you need to comfortably watch your favorite team in any sport at any time with passionate fans. I love it, and I'm pretty damn sure you will too. The Athletic Club Oakland, where sports fans get everything they want every day they want it. We're going to bring you all to our huddle. You are in the Warriors Huddle with me, Bram, no Marcus today, but with me per usual, my master of all things video and sound, Maxime. How's it going? Maxime, fired up to announce that rejoin us, the Golden State beat writer for the San Francisco Chronicle, a guy who attends every single Warriors practice, press conference, shoot around and game, and a man who went to the White House with Golden State, Mr. CJ Holmes. What's going on, CJ? What up? I like the understated. What up, man? I mean, I felt like we might get a bigger reaction after I gave you the uh, the White House intro. Man. How you been, man? It's been too long.
1: Oh, I've been good, man. It's just been a long, long day. Day began like 4:30 a.m. in cold ass Oklahoma City, and now it's uh, continuing in equally cold, maybe colder uh, Minneapolis, uh, Minnesota for tomorrow's uh, road game against the Timberwolves. So everything's going well. It's a little jet lagged, but all good and happy to be here.
0: I'm translating that to, I do not feel like recording a podcast right now. I don't know what the fuck I'm doing in this dark room on this goddamn screen. So hopefully I'm wrong about that. I guess we'll find out. The glare in
1: here is just crazy. Don't get me wrong. I was napping before this. But um, I got something I got to write when we get done. But the glare in here is crazy. So I just like close the curtains.
0: Well, get ready to have the time of your life, CJ. I mean, I know you might be a little groggy, but we'll wake you up immediately and I'll give you a strange admission. So, you know, we just watched that video that leads into the the live performance now and it ends with the Bill O'Reilly, fuck it, we'll do it live. Every single time I see that, I find myself mouthing those words. I don't know why. Today I'd like legitimately decided like, don't do it, Bram, there's no need. And then did it immediately as it went in. So I'm, I'm already disappointed in myself, but CJ, I'm bearing the lead, dude. So we do the off the court report all the time. Most of the time I just shut up and let you go. But this one, I'm really interested. I have never been to the white house. I've never been there with a team. I've never been there on my own. I went to DC, but we didn't do like the tour and stuff. Um, so I just want to hear about it, man. How, how was that experience that, you know, what, what jumps out from it when you think back? Yeah, it was really cool. Um, as you guys know,
1: I'm from DC, you know, I grew up in the nation's capital. So, you know, I've had, uh, you know family members who worked on Capitol Hill for a long time and government things of that nature. So, you know, naturally, I've driven by the White House maybe hundreds of times. Uh, you know, my time growing up there, but it was cool to actually, you know, step foot on White House grounds and be able to go okay. into the building. And, you know, we didn't really get to see as much, obviously, as the players did. I mean, I remember when we were walking in, you know, players were like emerging from like different rooms, like coming to the East Room and everything. I was like, oh, so y'all are just, you know, exploring <laughs> a little bit, but, um, it was a cool experience, man. It, it was really nice. Uh, you know, got to see all your colleagues suited and booted. And my mom was mad because I wore Vans to the White House, and she'll oh wow I wore Vans and jeans to the White House, and she'll never forgive me for that. I did have a button-down shirt and jacket on, but you know, she, did you regret it?
0: I, you up. Up.
1: I don't regret a thing. I was comfortable, but uh, <laughs> right, 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 right after we were done at the White House, I had to run and follow my story. I caught an Uber down at my mom's house to. Uh, You know, spend the night down there, see my dog, see her and everything. Show her the pictures on my phone. And all she said was, you wore jeans to the White
0: House? Justifiably, Especially (laughs) if the rest of those pictures showed everybody else in suits and shit, and you're in there in jeans. (laughs) You are doing a lot. We're looking at a picture of the team right now. Were you there? What we're looking at is the picture that went viral because Biden Mm knelt. Were you in the room?
1: yeah uh, that's uh that's taking place in the white house's east room which is basically like- all we saw like you know you talked about security before we got on the uh got on the pod security was tight man it was funny because like when i first got there um i didn't know where we were supposed to meet so I was like wandering wandering like aimlessly across like the white house grounds and um and uh it was another funny thing uh there's a reporter named um whitley sindretto uh, she works for 95.7 the game. It was funny because, um, you know, before the whole event started, we got to sit in in the White House briefing room, huh. you know, it was where you know, they give like state of the unions and national updates and all that. So we got to sit in on that and Steph and uh, Steve were um, in there, just kind of said a couple words huh. during the, you know, opening White House briefing. Um, and, you know, there are people kind of coming in and out because there's like a little media room connected like to the, to the white house briefing room. So you can, you know, you know, it's kind of like, it's kind of like being at chase center, such sure. for politics. Right. So, you know, they do the briefing, you go back in the room and write long story short there is a bathroom in there. And after it was over, we are all like gathering outside this like random white house door, you know, getting ready to go in for the ceremony. And, you know, but <laughs> Willie's not mad at him putting her business out there, but she had to go to the bathroom and like, she's like approached like the door like, to, like, open it up to, like, go pee. And, like, there's, like, a security guard is like, stop! <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> and
0: she's kind of like, oh.
1: Uh, so, long story short, um, the Secret Service beyond be on it. Maybe on.
0: <laughs> Shocking, dude. Yeah, that does that not surprise me. We, um, when I went to D.C., we went to the Pentagon, my wife and I. Um, And we didn't, we didn't actually go inside, but we were just outside taking pictures and stuff. And I remember there was a bus line that went by there and a woman and her kid got off and they were screaming at the bus driver about something. I don't remember what it was, but you could tell there was like all this anxiety and anger and whatever had happened was driving this woman crazy. And she didn't get two seconds off that bus before federal agents appeared out of nowhere. And were like, nope, not fucking here. You know, like you need to bring that craziness to anywhere else, which leads to uh, one of two follow-ups I have for you. Follow-up one, another embarrassing admission. When I go through security, I start having all the mannerisms of somebody who's doing something wrong. I don't know why, you know, but I start feeling like, oh, they're looking at me. And then now I start like sweating or doing whatever that suggests like I'm a drug mule or something for you going through that initial batch of security to get into the white house. Was it nerve wracking? You know, was it weird? Like how, how does that actually go? Uh, It wasn't weird,
1: but like what sucked was like, I was supposed to be getting, um, you know, breakfast, you know, the morning or like, you know, brunch the morning before the ceremony and everything started. So like my hotel stand at hotel Washington, which is like a block away from the white house. Um, you know, formerly W. Watch. Well, I am so sorry, my coworker's blowing me up on sorry. Okay. But um, <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> um, but um, so I walk up there because I'm thinking, like, you know, because we have all these specific instructions, very specific instructions, right? They're like. You know, pick up your credential between this time and this time. So I'm like, okay, as soon as I was allowed to go pick it up, I'm going to go pick it up. And I was on the list. Long story short, I think it was like something I forgot to fill out or something. So oh. I'm sitting here, so I'm sitting here like, yeah, I'm here for the event. No, I'm not dressed like it, but I'm just here to pick up my credential <laughs> for later. Right. And he's like, you're not on the list. I'm not letting you know. I'm just like, but like, but here's, my here's my confirmation email. Like, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> and, and this time in the morning, it was like raining outside. And like, I'm like, and sweatpants and a hoodie and stuff. I'm just like, but I'm on the list. Here's confirmation. I'm like, you know, nope, nope, sorry, you're not on the list. So, long story short, sure, I had to like fill out another piece of paperwork in order to get back on the list. And it turns out that you couldn't once you entered, you couldn't exit anyway. Like, it wasn't one of the things where you got the credential and then left. You like you have to like get the credential today. But the funny part about all that is, I was talking to Jordan in the locker room uh, a couple games ago. Uh, you know, around oh. the time when the White House visit just got done. Uh, you know, when we got back to San Francisco and everything from that road trip, and he was like, "Bro, like, why are you standing outside?" Like, when I was standing out there trying to get in, the team buses like drove by, drove by me. Apparently, <laughs> he was like, "Bro, why are you standing out there looking all sketchy and everything?"
0: <laughs> that is incredible, and we're uh, we're looking at another picture here, and it leads to the second follow up. So, I made a big deal about it after it happened that Biden decided to go on one knee. You're in the room, dude. So, like. How did that was it a joke? Was it perceived as a joke? Whose idea was it that he nailed? Like what was the perception as it happened in the room? My
1: biggest worry was that he wasn't gonna be able to get back up. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Respectfully.
0: Um, <laughs> too late to be respectful, I think. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but no, I think I think the you know the overwhelming sense in the Eastern was surprise. You know, I know you guys know the background, you know, um after two champion it was like one or two championships ago. Um, you know, Trump famously disinvited the warriors yeah. from the White House. You know, Steph said they weren't going to go anyway, but he just invited them and didn't go. But the whole thing kind of stemmed from Trump saying that you know athletes who kneel for the national anthem huh. should be fired. Um, mm. says line, I think it was on Twitter, and you know, obviously athletes everywhere who was standing for that cause took an event. You know, I guess kneeling for that cause took yep. took took an offense to that. Um. So, the biggest line, huh. you know, out of everything that was said that day, um, from Kamala Harris to Joe Biden, Joe Biden's statement when he said, you know, the Golden State Warriors always welcome in this yep. White House, you know, obviously it's a jab at Trump, right? And to take a knee, he's not only, you know, showing that he, you know, aligns with the cause and is, you know, working to, you know, make his White House a more, I don't know, more accepting place than yep. the previous administration. And, you know, by taking a knee, uh, it's kind of like symbolic of that. You know, I thought, it was, I thought it was really cool because something he didn't have to do at all. You know, you know, let's just hope that he did it for the right reasons and, you know, for it to be more than a you know, simple jab or a photo op. But I think it was a powerful moment. Um, Steph thought it was a powerful moment. Steph called it iconic, right? And um, I think it's something that, you know, not only – the team appreciated in the moment, but, you know, I think a lot of people across the country you know, appreciate the gesture, too, because he is the only president in the history of this nation to take a knee in the
0: championship photo. Dude, that is fun. So mm-hmm. I think you need to apply for press secretary for the White House because <laughs> I, I did not have this view of it at all. And now that you've said it out loud, of course, that what was happening, Maxime, am I being ridiculous? Did you when we were joking about this, did you even think about that angle in any way?
2: I just, I, I don't even want to respond to that because that admits that we were joking about it.
0: Like, no, this is. Yeah. I gave him shit about it. CJ. You know, and It turns out what he was doing is taking shots at filthy fucking Trump. So like, no, I, I take back everything we said previously. And that is an incredible background. That is, uh, that is unassailable so much so that I won't even take any shots at it. Thank God they let you in there despite your vans, man. <laughs> Boys, let's go to our glass half full. All right, CJ, you'll remember this is a segment we do every week. We look back at Reason Hoop. Give me something you like and didn't. I'll go fast to give you some time to think here what I liked. I liked Wiggins last night. We keep waiting for him to be back to peak Wiggins. I wouldn't say he's there quite yet, but we saw him open the game with a three and we saw him overpower a couple of defenders with that low post kind of pseudo hook, pseudo one-handed push shot. So I enjoyed that. And I like Kuminga's continued progression, boys. Um, we've seen it offensively and defensively. Offensively, you hit those four threes against Toronto. I mean, We know how physically dominant he is. If he can add a three-point shot to that, he's going to become close to unguardable. And then defensively, here's the last uh, four games and people he's guarded. Ja, Shai, Van Vliet, Kyrie. If he can fucking guard the point guard position at that level with his size, let's go. So... Couple things I like. I gotta say
1: one thing about that. And this is like no slight to Jonathan, right? Because he does play well against these guys defensively in like spurts. These guys are still finishing him with like 30, 35. (laughs) Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's just like like, like the other day, like, he's getting a lot of praise regarding Kyrie and like, God, carding Kyrie is arguably the toughest assignment in this league, right? But he still had thirty six. So, like, I mean, like, did you affect him that much? I didn't think like, you stopped him. Jonathan's impact—the
0: reason why he didn't have fifty—like, you know, what I mean? no, like, that's exactly why they were going to score a thousand, and he limited him to thirty five, dude. So, I mean, there you go. I don't know what else you want. You know, it, it
1: was a Jonathan's transforming into a phenomenal two way player right before eyes, but it's just something I just had. To, something that's just been bothering me. I'm sorry.
0: Go ahead and cut that out, Maxine. Do you not do <laughs> not let that air. Fuck CJ and his stupid observations. Uh, what do you guys got? Anything That's else? Something you like or don't? You want to go, Maxine?
2: Sure. Yeah. I mean, I I liked and kind of didn't like how how comfortable it felt to watch the Warriors team in the first half of this game. Uh, by the by, the time halftime rolled around, I was kind of like leaning back. You know, if, it felt like they showed up with an intention to win. I don't remember what the quote was before the game, but, you know, it was like the Warriors realized that it's now or never. We got to go on a run. They got to get back together. The pieces are coming back, like Bram just said. Wiggins is back in the lineup. And It felt really good to see them come out and emphatically sort of take the reins. Now, granted, they sort of lost the reins in the second half a little bit, and it got to be a little bit uh, closer than I would have liked but I felt really good about the intention that this team set, and I hope that they carry it forward beyond
0: last night's game. Did you give up at any point, Maxime? I almost threw some temper tantrums last night when they started coming back, you know, and it was like, oh, my God, it's a two-point game. I mean, I, I started internally thinking about letting go of the rope, and I didn't, you know, and they ultimately won. But did you did you start panicking at all towards the fourth? Well, I'll, I'll, I'll admit to you that I was actually watching
2: the uh, Thunder broadcast because um, I have my own sort of uh, issues at this point. Um, <laughs> listening to our home Homer uh, Homer broadcast, so I was listening to the Thunder broadcast, and so no, I didn't actually uh, panic at any point because I could tell that their broadcasters never felt like the Thunder had it under control. All right, you know, well, it was, so me. so that vantage point I think really kind of helped me stay under control myself.
0: It's good to hear, CJ. What do you got? Let's see. You don't like people calling JK an incredible defensive presence.
1: You know, you know, what I really liked about, about last night's game was the spreading the love offensively, if that makes sense. You know, you yep. got your vintage, vintage Splash Brothers performance. Um, I want to say everyone who played scored um, at least four points. Um, and when the team is healthy like this, that's exactly what you want to see. You want to see them come out fast on the road, I want to see them make good use of all the, you know, weapons that they have. And I think the Warriors did a good, great job last night um, of distributing the wealth, right? But what I hate is they let another 21-point lead slip away, right? Like, I mean, granted, basketball is a game of runs. And I think we all forget that sometimes. Like, you know, yep. the, he almost don't want to go up too early in a game because of that. You know, basketball is a game of runs. You'll have your run, they'll have their run, and that's just how basketball is. At the same time, it's been, you know, I've been, you know, being on the beat all year. It feels like it's been so long since they've had like a dominant win, right? Yeah. Or together a couple of dominant wins. It's like it's funny. Me and Madeline Kenny are sitting in the press section, and I think I tweeted last night. I was like, watching a Warriors game these days is like watching a Marvel movie. You can almost take a timer at a clock from Act One to, to Act Two to Act Three. Right, and you just kind of just like know what's gonna happen, you know. Especially for us on deadlines, it's made it hell lately, right? Not knowing which way the game's gonna go, right? Um, so for my sanity, I would like to see the Warriors string together some dominant wins. Or if you're gonna lose, just lose, man. Make it easier on us. But um, if, if you're gonna lose, just lose with no drama. If you're gonna win, win with no drama. But there's just been so much drama with the wars. I mean, Shea Gil- Gilgis-Alexander 10 points in the first half, 21 in the second half.
0: And you knew it was coming. You know, it just... Yeah. Half. Yeah.
1: Like, I think they were shooting like 20% from three or something like that. It's like, I'm going to say like maybe at the end of the first quarter halftime, they're shooting terribly from three. In the second half, it just seemed like they couldn't miss. I mean, that all kind of links back to the lack of collective focus and intensity throughout the duration of games that, you know, players and coaches have been talked about at length um in, in recent weeks. And it reared its head again yesterday. Um That was a game Warriors probably should have run away with. Granted, you're on the road. Granted, you're playing in uh, – is Oklahoma City hostile? I don't know. But you're playing on the road, right, or in someone else's arena. But that was an opportunity for them to – You know, like, it it didn't have to be what it turned into last night. As long as the Warriors continue to let go of the rope, now, granted, they're able to win, so that's a saving grace. Can you imagine if they lost that game last night?
0: No we no, would be
1: just, having a completely
0: different conversation right now. I'd be panicked town.
1: Um, Jim, Jim Park on Twitter would be losing his mind. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Despite his multiple fantasy uh, championships. Um, yeah, I mean, I'll, I will give you a rosy look at what you just identified. I'll give you a glass half full, right? If we're analyzing this from the 73 win Warriors, last night was a loss. They didn't dominate. They didn't come in and sit everybody in the fourth quarter. You know, didn't happen. We thought maybe they would. They didn't. But if we're looking at it from who this team has been on the road up until now, they won. You know, they didn't piss this fucking game away, and they've been doing nothing but pissing these kinds of games away. But so what, think the right them,
1: what I have to give them credit for is that they responded. They let go of the rope, yeah, right? But they didn't. It just slid a little bit in their hands. They didn't drop it, yep. right? You know, Clay Steph hit big threes down the stretch. I think the, one of the most important sequences of the game was those back-to-back blocks. I think I want to say Green. by Draymond Green, yes, Green on back-to-back possessions, that was massive. And those were plays that they weren't making in a lot of these close losses, mm-hmm. especially like towards the end of the year. So to me, that shows growth, Absolutely. right? They just have to build on it now and it has to become more consistent.
0: You couldn't be more right. There's a golden question that I'm really excited to ask you specifically. So I'm gonna push us forward here with just yeah, you know one I more. You know I am I'm asking you. That's it's your opinion who I'm excited for. We gotta make our way up to it. All right. I, I will just add one more thing I don't like, and it's super random, and it's just me. In the OKC arena, they kept doing the "deo" thing, "deo," and then they would ask the the fans to to parrot it back. That shit bothered me. I don't like that. I don't like <laughs> fan participation just for the sake of fucking fan participation. It's like the wave. You're not helping the team. Who gives a fuck if they're screaming "deo"? And they did it like a thousand times, and it annoyed me. But I digress. We go. Like we
1: have giant flamethrowers attached to their jumbotron, like in Cleveland. That's a hazard, dude. They have giant, four giant right. flamethrowers attached to their jumbotron, and that thing is so hot you can feel it on your eyebrows from the press section. That is dangerous, man. Like they're they, are, they are like one flamethrower malfunction away from like a complete burn down. Like I I feel very strongly about this. It is dangerous, man.
0: Do they have like monster like, not- truck rallies like, there?
1: Guard, Darius Garland. And boom, <laughs> <laughs> four of them like like i was like oh my goodness man like
0: <laughs> there's a 20 percent chance joe lacobs steals those just that you've talked about them and they were like notable it wouldn't shock me if we found those in Chasing or uh sometime in the instant future but here's our golden question I'm, i've got two big ones all right one is very important to everybody the second is very important to me and it's the second whose opinion i really want on but here's the first quote gentlemen You have flip-flopped like a seesaw on this question over the past couple of months. I'm going to pause there for a second. I don't think seesaws flip-flop. I don't think that's how they work, but nonetheless, it picks up. But the deadline is around the corner now, and we need a definitive answer. Do the Warriors need to make a trade before the deadline of February 9th, 2023? So I've been all over the board on this, CJ, and I'd love your take. What do you think, man? Myers gives you a call, he's not sure what to do. Do you think they need to make a move before the deadline?
1: I would tell Myers to trade Stephen Curry immediately. Yes, yeah,
0: okay. <laughs> like, yeah. I mean, you're just trying to fire <laughs> something. Yeah. Yeah.
1: No, but really though, I mean, despite the stops and starts, the ups and ups and downs of this season, here we are with 32 games left. And the Warriors are in the five seed. You know, they're they're you know, it was based on some of the uh, post-game interviews last night, I think they're starting to feel that confidence, right? And, you know, throughout the whole year, these young guys, you know, maybe mine is James Wiseman, but, you know, and I guess Moses Moody, but Kaminga, the guy who's really going to matter in that postseason rotations, you know, getting confident and getting better. And is probably going to keep that thing to no more than nine players anyway uh, this postseason, and like I said, here we are, despite all that BS, the Warriors are sitting at number five in the Eastern Conference. And by the end of this road trip, they could climb higher. Um, with that said, you know, one thing Kerr said at the beginning of the year was, I really like this team. It's going to take time for these new pieces to mesh. It's going to take time. You know, I'm sure fans didn't want to believe that. They thought the Warriors were going to come firing out the gate, and maybe I did too. You know, I thought, oh, it's plug and play, you know. Porter gone, Bealitz gone, Peyton gone. Plug in Divincenzo. Um, you know, you know, plug in Kaminga, plug in Moody, whatever. They're gonna be off and running this year, but yep. that wasn't the case. Should listened the curve, man. He said it was gonna take time, and they're slowly getting there. So my thing is, if if you want, if you shake things up, you make a trade, you're bringing someone else into someone or someone's into your organization. Who then you have to get, you have to start that process yep. of getting comfortable. And learning roles and shaking up the rotation again, all over again, and with 32 games left, I don't think you know it's taken the Warriors this long to somewhat get it together, right? It, you know, I don't think they can afford another stretch, another another adjust a length, another lengthy adjustment period. Um, with that said, you know Steph Stern look like Steph again. Clay's playing well. Um, you know Jordan will have his nights. You know, Andrew played well last night. That's a small sample size to see what he does over the rest of this road trip to, before we declare that he's back. But the point I'm trying to make is, I think the Warriors have enough. It's just a matter of, I mean, I mean, Curry said it multiple times. Curry has said, "We know what to do. We have the pieces. We just have to do it." And that's what I'm saying. The Warriors just have to do it. I think they can do it with the personnel that they have, but it's going to take a greater level of. Execution and focus, especially on the road, than they've they've displayed so far this season. Um, I think they have enough to get it done. Um, I would I wouldn't make a trade. You know, Wiseman's still on his rookie deal. You know, keep him in house. You know, I-, I think they should send him to Santa Cruz so and keep getting reps and sure. keep moving instead of so just you know sitting on the bench. You know, Moody. You know, Moody is mature enough at this point in his career where he actually you know told Kerr like, look, like I understand. Like you know, I could have developed. In college, but I decided I wanted to develop in the league, and this is part of that. So he's kind of accepted the fact that, you know, he's okay with spending some time in Santa Cruz just so he can stay hot and get those reps. And at some point, I think it's, it's, at some point, I think it's going to all come together for them. And because of that, I do not think that they should make any moves. Because is there anyone out there, really? Like, like, there's names floating around, right? Alex Caruso, Jared Vanderbilt. Bogdanovich, you know, Crowder, yeah. Jakob Pearl, are any of those guys tr- truly, truly going to be difference makers? Right. And is it worth sacrificing the guys you already have? Is it worth it? I don't think so. I think they're going to stay put at the trade,
0: that alone. So I like when people disagree, which is what makes me set when I say I completely agree with you, CJ, completely across the board, even your analysis. Um, I'll put it in a slightly different way. I think they do need a little bit of improvement. You know, I think that they do need a little bit of a push, but I think that push comes from internal development. I think I have a bunch of reasonable expectations. Yeah, I expect JK to continue to make steps. I think that's reasonable. I expect Jermichael Green to stop sucking ass. I think that's reasonable. we already seen a couple of games where he's been a little bit uh, more palatable. I expect the team's road chemistry to improve. We saw that a little bit last night. And, you know, just these little baby steps. If all of us say that this season's been frustrating and inconsistent and the Warriors are still fifth right now, if they can just bring even into two, one of those three things I just told you, I think that puts them right back at the forefront. So I don't think they need to make a major deal. Um, especially when if we would have to be moving our young guys and their value couldn't be lower. You know, trading Moody or Wiseman right now is like selling your car when it's in the shop. You're not getting shit. And, and everyone's view on their value is way low. So why why force it? Clean sweep, Maxime. Do you agree?
2: No, I do Good. feel like we need to make a move here. Look, the why? thing is, is that we talk about rotations shortening in the playoffs that's what we're talking about here right we're not trying to be a regular season team we're trying to make a place uh postseason run we're trying to make another championship run when we talk about shortening rotations they shorten down to like eight players all right we got we got six with Jordan Poole maybe seven with DiVincenzo if we're feeling confident that he's going to show up in the postseason and and I do um still we're sort of we're sort of missing a key piece here and maybe that's Kaminga you know, maybe that's Jamichael Green. I guess, though, I don't, I don't really see it. Um, but my concern is, is essentially, it's this idea of like we're pushing all our chips into the table, right? That's still a bet. That's still ultimately a bet that it's going to go, you know, that your hand is going to be the best hand out there. Um, but I, I don't feel confident in making that bet uh, when we're when it, we feel like we're like one piece away from a core contending team that's going to push us forward.
0: What about a buyout? Would that help you? I mean, like they, because there's other ways that they can get players without having to to give up. I mean, for example, Caruso would, would take Wiseman, Bogdanovich would take all three. I mean, I was fucking around with the trade machine this morning. Whereas, I'm sure there's going to be a buyout market again, and the Warriors will be part of those teams, you know. And so, if if the starting five are good, Pool, there's six, Kaminga, there's seven, Dante Divincenzo is probably eight. You know, even if we don't believe in Jamichael, a single buyout brings us to nine. Does that make you feel any better?
2: So, yes and no, right? And we also, the the Jeremy Lamb piece here is is an important thing as well, right? Are we going to, with the way that he's been playing, we probably need to consider converting him into a full contract, um, which means that we need, you know, we're going to need to put some other piece off to the
0: side. Uh, Andre, too. I don't know. We, oh, yeah. None of us. I mean, I don't know if we can. We, I I would imagine that's why he's on this team, not for now, but they you know. Instead of being an assistant coach or a development guy, they gave him a roster spot so that he could occupy that eighth or ninth spot, right?
2: I mean, I was always under the speculation that it was more so because you carry a little bit more weight as a player than you do as a coach. As a coach, you're suddenly somebody else. As a player, you're actually sitting there on the bench, regardless of whether you're suited or not, in Jonathan Kaminga's ear, letting him know. And there's, I think, there's a different level of respect. I mean, speculating from from the sidelines, of course, but. Um, no, the the, the despite the, the I think the one thing, if we go on a run, everything looks great. We go into the postseason feeling really good. Then this was the right call. I mean, it was the right call to not make a trade. Right? Maybe make a buyout or something. But if we have another slump, people are gonna start pointing the finger. There's going to start to feel like is there something wrong with this locker room, and that's exactly the type of thing that somebody like a Caruso could be some different energy that comes in and becomes a galvanizing force, you know, like a leader off the bench that actually might sort of help shake things up in a way that actually gives us enough life. Because I mean, at this point, you know, it's I, I you've won four titles, you know, it's I it's got to be pretty hard to keep the motivation going for that fifth.
0: Are you talking into it, CJ? Nah. <laughs> fuck you, Maxime, whoever <laughs> he, he doesn't even have to say anything more than, nah, that's on you. Brandon? I just,
1: again, I just don't, I just, you know, I don't know. I just like, I disagree with Bram where the, I think the solution is internal. You know, I, I think the solution internal. internal. Um, and you you're
0: know. giving up so much. You know, we, we literally, we just give up entirely on Wiseman and JK for what would be a one-year rental that you might be able to already replicate what, you know, if, if these internal development does what I'm saying, you know, we might be able to get that without having to give up anything. But I, I, I mean, honestly, Maxime, I'm happy you said it because I know that there are people watching and listening to this who are screaming at the screen or at the radio saying, of course they need to make a move. So I think it's important that.
1: I I Maybe it's unfair, but the Warriors have Stephen Curry, Klay Thompson, Draymond Green, Andrew mm-hmm. Wiggins. Like outside of that, how much more do you really need? Like you,
0: you see that stat that went live today. You, that,
1: uh, need, you need you just need guys who are who can guard and like execute in their roles. And the Warriors have enough bodies for guys who can do that. They just have to do it. You know? And the I know Warriors kind of like broad, but like I feel like it's as simple as that. You know, it's just, just they just got to do it. They have the talent. Like I, I think the struggles of this season have nothing to do with a lack of talent. I think it has to do with a lack of focus. I don't think it has anything to do with a lack of talent.
0: And the a stat surface today, I mean, it's not new, but it had been updated, saying that the Warriors starting five – amongst everybody other every other combination of five players who have been on the floor for long enough to qualify for the stat, the Warriors have uh, the starting five as the highest plus minus of anybody else in the entire league. So that starting five is still the most effective five players in the NBA today. That means something. You know, that, that's not a throwaway stat. That that I, I think it underlines what you're saying. They have championship talent, you know?
1: Five like you said, if they go, they go into the line. If they go into the playoffs playing small ball. That's what Looney off the bench, Devin off the bench, Kaminga off the bench. I mean, that should that should get it done. They're firing all cylinders. I just I believe that that should get it done.
0: <laughs> I wouldn't bet against them. I'm not eager to bet immediately on them. I'm not betting my life savings, you know. But I'm not also betting against them. All right. Boys, I've got this second question. I'm going to break ranks for a second. Maxine, we can cut this out of the pod, but video just will be what it is. I know we're dealing with four minutes of time. Do we have time for this next question, yeah, man? Can I, can I venture into it? All right. Excellent. Um, this one I'm real excited for, CJ. And it's this, quote, if you and your loved ones were in the Last of Us universe and could pick any member of the Warriors organization to help you survive, who would you pick? All right, so for those who aren't watching, we got a little clip going off here to the side. Last of Us, brand new show on HBO. Really enjoying it. Also Um, in the best gaming
1: series of all time.
0: Just fucking ever. Both of them were phenomenal. I played the first one twice. I just bought the remastered version and went all the way through it. But this world contemplates basically a zombie apocalypse. The, the difference is that it's a fungus that has taken over the mind, but we are all you know, aware of the post-apocalyptic world. It's not just the zombies who are trying to get you, but people are bad too. All right, so CJ, bad news, you're in this fucking world, man. You got to survive and your loved ones are with you. Good news, you get to pick any member of the Warriors organization to help you through it, who would you pick? I've got some analysis. I can go first to help you give some time, or if you want to go, you know, I, I will follow you on this.
1: I think this is a no-brainer. I'm going to go with Draymond. I think Draymond's going to do what it takes to survive. You know what I'm saying? He's going to be able to, you know, galvanize and, you know, lead us. You know, he, he's kind of a guy that, I don't know. I've i never played with the guy, obviously, but, you know, he, I feel like he's a guy that, you know, when he speaks, I'd, I'd follow yeah. And I think that he's going to do whatever it takes to, you know, get the objective done, whether that's, you know, going from one quarantine zone to another or for, you know, going on a supply run. Um, you know, he's a guy that I think I feel comfortable that he has my back line.
0: I love this analysis. All right. So I'm going to agree with you and then not. So here's the part I agree with you. Right. So if we break this down, if it's like a draft combine, you've already identified the two biggest things, physical and mental. Right. Draymond could think things out phenomenally well. If you needed to like protect your hometown or invade another one or go on a supply run, he'd be good at organizing that. And then physically he's big, big dude, you know, could probably fight people off. Here's what I'm worried about. Draymond worried. Number one, I feel like he might make an angry decision at the wrong time. You know, well, you fire- punch the
1: clickers, right?
0: You can't punch the clickers. Right? No, you can't. Okay. Yes, exactly right. And, and you know, like if we're trying to be quiet. I can see him starting a fight out of nowhere, you know, or make, like making a decision out of anger, which I'm, you know, I'm a little bit concerned of. Also, I'm worried about him making decisions on my behalf. Like maybe he decides I'm not a good decision maker and then he locks me in a cage for my own well-being. So I, I'm, not, I'm not ruling Draymond out, but I do have some concerns, you know, uh, other people, Kerr, would be great on the mental side. I feel like he could game plan shit, but physically his back's all fucked up. You know, he he can't really sit for that long. And I think that that's, that's an issue. I'm not on board for that. Um, Steph, Steph would be incredible. You know, the fast, like athletically inclined, great on um, supply runs, but Uh, I'm not sure.
1: Stuff gonna leave you in the dust, you know. He got that, that, that Olympian, them Olympian lungs. Like you be trying to run away, and stuff just be like, he'll be like twenty yards ahead, just not even breaking a sweat, just gone with it.
0: <laughs> he <gone>. wouldn't come <laughs> back for me. You don't think he'd like he would use some of that off-ball athleticism to, to run the zombies out or something? Just put um, that
1: piece in your head. Like imagine stuff running on the court, so if he's like running from zombies, just that's like. he to be
0: incredible. He'd be incredible. <laughs> that's exactly right.
1: Yeah, have the shoe he- on his mouthpiece and just running
0: from zombies. <laughs> <laughs> I thought Kaminga I think Kaminga would be a real solid one big fucking dude you know I don't know if he could help with the mental side but that's just because uh I haven't really spent that much time with him Maxime who what name jumps to mind for you it's similar scenario who you picking
2: well, so, I mean, I, now I'm all sorts of turned around on whether or not I would take Draymond because there's a lot of brilliance going on there. But I sort of, <laughs> what you had going with uh, with Steve Kerr for a second was kind of compelling. And I was thinking, actually, this is kind of a throwback, but what about Jaron Collins? You know, it's sort of like, uh, definitely athletic, you know, could get through the, uh, the, the, the moments where you just need to have your aerobic fitness there to survive, but also can like, you know, think smart strategically. Dude. Yeah, very <laughs> smart guy, very personable would be like, okay to get along with when you're locked in a room for eight hours or whatever. So, you know, I'm trying to like deal with all the facets here. And I think you kind of want a quieter, smart presence.
0: Brainstorming. Um, I feel like Steve Kerr would be like the Professor X, you know? I mean, like he'd be really helpful, but also kind of in a wheelchair, which isn't a uh, a giant thing <laughs> here. Um, my all-time guy, by the way, CJ, we've revisited this question a bunch of different times. And what my first answer always was, was Magic Johnson. Like if I had like an all time guy, it would be magic. Big, you know, give that. Because why is that? I, I view him as both giving. I mean, like his and I the only time I've ever had any experience with him is on the floor. But as a distributing point guard, I feel like he would constantly have all of his teammates in mind, you know, making sure that we're all safe. And he's fucking six eight and a gigantic athlete. So would be able to deliver on that side too. With the universe we've broken down, I'm gonna say, Draymond, you've talked me into it. I mean, I'll tell you, here's my notes right here. I had Draymond crossed out up front for all those reasons I gave you. But I think you're right, dude. I think you're right. So I was going to tell you, JK, but you've changed my opinion. I'm going Draymond in the Last of Us question.
1: It's just like in the wake of the Cordyceps outbreak, you know, morality is kind of a gray area. You need someone like Draymond who can kind of toe that line of morality. (laughs) Oh, yeah. And another thing is I thought about like if we're really like – In, like, the end of days, and it's like a zombie apocalypse. Like, probably a matter of time for we all die eventually. You know, it's dark, but you know, (laughs) with that in mind, maybe Jordan's the best person to have just to keep things light. (laughs) He's like, Have you seen The Last of Us? Like, everyone's just so mad all the time. You're absolutely
0: right. You're absolutely right. Although, Ellie, Ellie has a little bit of humor to her. Um, I'll (laughs) I'll give you one more example. Lakub, here's the only reason I consider them. There's a 20% chance Lakub has a zombie apocalypse bunker already built, fucking right now. You know, like like it's underground and it's fucking eight feet of, I don't know, you know, it's built of gold. Who knows what it is, but that you could just go there and live your own little world the entire time like that dude, Bill, from uh, episode three of Last of Us, just not quite, you know, it's more money as opposed to skill set. But I, I can see that being an upside. The chances of him letting you in to that complex are less than zero. But, you know, we at least got to throw him out there as an option. <laughs> Maxine, who's your final take? Are you going, Jared Collins? I like the callback, you know. I mean, he was—he seemed like a very smart guy, and he's at least like six ten,
2: right? But see, exactly. So you get it, Bram. But I think I'm—you know—I'm maybe like doing pulling a Draymond and overthinking it because the answer is Draymond. Like that's the right way to go.
1: I think it's the only answer.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Settle down. We agreed with you. It doesn't have to be the only answer. I mean, you were right, but there's other options. They're at least worth. considering all right boys i do their, this.
1: do their basketball skills equate to survival skill like for example clay's an elite shooter does that mean he's great with, 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 with a rifle like is they, that how we're doing this yeah, like, i you know, have
0: heard, I've late, heard. Like, of course there is no there, i don't think like, we can't guarantee that but i have heard stories that during college clay thompson shot a uh, bow and arrow in like a fraternity house that that's a skill set I wouldn't mind having, like an archer. You know, you could you yeah. can consistently reuse the the arrow. So upside there, and also as long as we're we're giving props to rich people, there's a twenty percent chance Steph has a fucking zombie complex built somewhere too. You know, I mean, it, he may not be Lake up wealthy. But he's got enough money to uh, to put together a post apocalyptic bunker, you know, somewhere on. Is on that the, the real property. reason
1: why they don't want anyone like living near them? Because that's like the bunker, like it's where the bunker's supposed to go. Could
0: be, it could be. <laughs> and you've also proven. Exactly- watching
1: this. I'm so sorry. <laughs> no,
0: you, I knew you were perfect for this question, dude. I knew you were perfect for this question. It took me a while to get you one like this. I should have had a House of Dragons one, but you know, better late than never, kind of thing. <laughs> CJ, I appreciate you. I enjoyed you. And I know I'm not alone for people who need far more homes in their life. Where do they go?
1: Uh, You guys can find me on Instagram and Twitter at CJ Homes 22. And gentlemen, what do I need?
0: Oh, this man needs retweets, not likes, which is uh, something we've been trying to do. In fact, we use our only presence on social media to do exactly that. That's on Twitter, and we are at Warriors Huddle. Also, want to let us know we did a good job, bad job. We should have picked JK, Lakob's uh, post apocalyptic bunker is super nice. You can shoot those uh, takes to our email, which is huddle at warriorshuddle.com. With that in mind, go Warriors. Hopefully, see you real soon. Good, good.